so much for being here. You have made our day for coming and just, uh, I, I love that video and I love this new series that we're kicking off today, There Is More. Could you just say that with me this morning? There is more. We come from a long line of innovators, people that looked at what was and had a deep desire in their heart to say there has to be something more than what I'm currently experiencing. And people had an idea that of flight and the vehicles we travel in and world-changing ideas were, have been created because people believe that there's more. And I just want to, at the, at the end of an old year and the beginning of a new year, I just want us to get something deep down in us to just remind us that there's more. That God's not finished with us yet. Maybe you're here today for the first time or maybe you're kind of giving God, giving church a chance again uh, today. I just want you to know God's not finished with you yet. Maybe 2017 was the best year of your life. There's more. Maybe 2017 was the worst year of your life. There's more. That, that no matter what you've experienced, I just want us to look forward to this new year with some fresh hope some fresh life to know that God's not finished with us yet. Amen? Awesome. So grab your message notes. We're going to get right into the message today. And when we talk about there being more, um, there's, there's no one that has innovated more, that has, that has shown the way greater than, uh, than Jesus himself, than, than, than our God. And as we look at this new year, I want to teach this morning about... Uh, something that's close to our heart as a church, and that's prayer. Before we had our first uh, launch service, which was September 20th of 2015, so we're just a little over uh, two and a half years old as a church. Before we had our first service, we spent 21 days of prayer, just dedicating a season of prayer to God. And we, we had a, a small office that the church had leased and uh, we, we would meet there in the mornings at uh, 6 a.m., and it was just a very small launch team of people that would get together and pray, and, and, and then that was in August, and then at the first of the year, we said, okay, let's give this first of our year to God as well, and we didn't have heat, <laughs> and people would bring their own heaters and look like they were on, you know, traveling to Antarctica in the mornings, you know, wearing big parkas and to pray uh, because it wasn't insulated very good, and, but, but we would seek God. And everything I believe good that's happening at this church is because people that have sought God. And I could take you to seasons, and many of you have been part of these seasons, and maybe you're new and you had an opportunity to be part of a new season as we begin next week, but I can take you to pivotal moments of transition in this church in just the short two and a half year period that has been centered around prayer. I remember when we first got in this place, in this building, we were still working on it, and we, we, we said, hey, before we have our first service in this room, we're going to cover it for a month in prayer, and we would pray. And, and I remember, I can, Pastor Todd, we talk about this often, I remember the young people and the college-age students that started connecting and the small groups that, that came out of that and the life. Church, God can do what we could never do when we pray. And, uh, and I, I want to take you to our theme scripture, and then I want to show you the life of prayer that Jesus exampled to us. So before we go, here's, here's, our, uh, here's our theme scripture for this new season is simply this. Paul says, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Could you say that with me? One thing. One thing. I focus on one thing. This is the Apostle Paul, such accomplishment, had done so much with his life. He says, hey, I haven't achieved it yet. In other words, there's more for me. There's more for you. Here's what I'm focusing on, one thing, forgetting the past 
and looking forward to what lies ahead. To what lies ahead. You can't live in two chapters at the same time. Let 2017 be over. Forget the past. Take what we've experienced in this year. And before this day is up, I challenge you, if you haven't already, learn from what you can learn from. Remember what you've lost. Celebrate what you've gained. Because what I've found in my life, and maybe you found it in yours, that it's a mixed bag. That there's joy and there's sorrow. That there's high heights and there's low lows. And there's, there's things we don't understand and there's things that we have the privilege of seeing and understanding fully and seeing what's going on. But, 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 but all in all, at the end of this year, let's put it in the past, Paul says, because there's more. And then let's look forward to what lies ahead. And I, if I could encourage us, let's have a forward view. Let, let's have a forward look. Let's have a forward view that, that God's going to do something great in this year. And so wherever you are, wherever your life and your ministry and your calling and your family, whatever it is, let's let this last year be what it was. Let's put it on the, chap- on the shelf of our life and thank God for the good, thank God for the bad. But all together, as the new day dawns tomorrow, let's start looking forward to what lies ahead and say, God, I thank you for last year. God, but I give you this brand new year. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So Jesus is calling us onward. So how are we going to go onward? Here it is. If you're, if, you're, if you're taking notes today, if you're looking at your notes, I, I, I want to show you this. I've never seen this in the scripture before, um, just preparing this season and this time of prayer that we're about to go into. But this is the time in the scripture where Mary and Martha are spending time with Jesus. And I think this describes uh, the way that we can follow God so clearly. It says this, that Martha was worried and upset about all of the details. So if I can say it like this, Martha was a planner. Martha was a resolution maker. Martha was a high D driving personality and she was getting all the details. Somebody's getting blessed. Somebody's looking at their elbow and their husband or their wife here. You know, that's a, that's a high D driver personality. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, you're, you are so worried about all the details. And he says this, there's only one thing. Could you say it with me again? One thing worth being concerned about, Martha. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away, from, taken away from her. Essentially, Mary was just spending time at the feet of Jesus. Martha was doing a lot of things, making plans for a lot of things, trying to fix a lot of things. Like, I can do. This is me. So me. I can be so busy about the things of God that I miss the heart of God. What I've learned, it's so easy to be doing the work of God, but miss the God of the work. Bill Hybels, a great pastor in the Chicago area, said this. He said, the way at which I was doing the work of God was destroying the work of God in me. Well, a quote that changed my life years ago was this. Is, uh, is, is, we need to develop an intimacy with God that's not dependent on Him using us in some type of a ministry. That our intimacy with God has to do with this one thing. And it's, it's, it's not, God, I'm going to do all these things for you. God, but it's, God, I'm going to be with you. See, we're not human doings, we're human beings. God created us to be. And in being, we can hear the voice of God. In being, we can sit at His feet. See, hearing from God is not something that you do, it's someone that you are. That that, that it's who you are. And and Mary had discovered this one thing that changed her life. And 
and, and the Bible, something that it's easy to forget, so the Bible wasn't written with like chapter numbers and, and verse numbers. We, uh, that was added later just so that we can find a, a verse and have sword drills in, as, as a child if you grew up in Sunday school. And, but if you don't know what that is, please talk to somebody. <laughs> you can. But the next verse, and I've never seen this, the next verse is the, this is the end of chapter 41, but watch the next verse. Jesus says, you've discovered the good thing, the one thing. And Jesus says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus was ta- commenting on Mary for having that just intimacy with God. And then what does Jesus do next? He gets alone with God. It says, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, teach us how to do that. Teach us how to pray. The disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to do miracles or teach them how to do these things. The disciples' only request is, God, teach us how to pray. Could it be that they had discovered that that was the secret sauce? That they had discovered that that was the thing that changed everything? So this morning, I want to teach about this, the one thing that changes everything. Could you say that with me? The one thing that changes everything. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for... um, the dawning of a brand new year. Thank you for what you've done in 2017. We give it completely to you. And we embrace that there is more. Lord, that there is more. That you're not finished with us yet. Help us to come into this new season. Not with a Martha attitude of we're going to do all these things, God. But with the Mary attitude where we're, we're going to be with you in this year. And, and help us to follow you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Jesus teaches us how to live. He's our example. And if you study the life of Jesus, one thing that's so clear that he was a person of prayer. And a lot of times we think about why we need to pray, but I want to focus today on why Jesus prayed. And as I was reading the Gospels this week, I was amazed at all the different things that happened when Jesus prayed. And could it be that, that, that he was showing us the power of prayer through his life, but also showing us the example that, hey, this is how we're called to live. Because if Jesus had to pray, then, then man, sure, I know I need to pray. So if you're taking notes today, I just want to walk you through five things. And if we have time, I may even give you an extra thing that's not in your notes. But I want to walk you through some things that I believe Jesus shows us through prayer. And as we dawn in this new year, I just want to challenge us to continue to be a church centered on prayer. Here's the first thing. Jesus made decisions in prayer. Jesus made decisions in prayer. One of the things it's easy to forget about Jesus is he was 100% God, but also 100% man. That he had the same uh, temptations that we had. He was without sin. He did not give in to those temptations. But he lived this life of prayer, and Jesus made his decisions through prayer. And if there's anybody that could have trusted in themselves to make their own decisions, don't you think it would have been Jesus? You know, If anybody had it together enough to be able to just say, well, this is what I'm going to do, I mean, it should be God in flesh, right? But I want to show you in, in the scripture how Jesus made decisions. It says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were furious and began to discuss one another what they might do to Jesus. So Jesus had haters too. It says, and on, on one of those days... Um, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. So what did he do? He had people that didn't agree or he had issues and he took those issues to prayer. One day he, he went to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying to God. 
This wasn't just a five-minute prayer. This was something that he did. This was, this was this, this, a long time of prayer that Jesus spent. It says, and when the morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. I want you to connect the decision that Jesus made to appoint the 12 apostles to the fact that he had spent all night praying to God. How many decisions do we make in our lives without praying to God? How many big decisions? Sometimes we move, we sell houses, we buy houses, we move jobs, we get married, we get out of relationships, into relationships, we choose majors, we choose universities. How many things in life do we choose without even consulting God? And, if, and Jesus is our model that in this new year, as we approach what we're going to do and what's going to happen, church, let's do it in prayer. Let's spend some time in some special times of prayer because what, I, what I'm learning is this, is that when I don't consult God, I insult God. Anytime I don't consult God, I insult God because he wants to be part of my decision. He wants to be part of my life. And that's so encouraging to me because I'm so thankful that I have a God that cares about me. Some of, sometimes we don't go to God because we feel like he doesn't care about, uh, about what I'm going through. I want you to know that Jesus intimately cares about the most intricate details of your life. The scripture says that the very hairs on our head are numbered. And that number is going down drastically for me in, in the waning days of 2017. But, but God is able, right? But God, but, but, but God knows. And, and I don't know why I got on that. But, but God... But the reality is he cares about what we're going through. He wants to speak to us. He doesn't just want it to be a one-way conversation where we only talk to him. He wants to talk to us as well. Uh, this, this isn't in your notes, but here's just a couple things that, that, that I'm, I'm kind of learning about God speaking to, to me and just trying to grow in this. I want to hear the voice of God. I was driving to church this morning. God, speak to me. I, 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 I want to be open to the promptings of God. We, we have structures and systems and plans and, and, and we prepare what we're going to sing and all those things. But, but church, when, whenever, whenever Jesus shows up, the plan goes away. Like, the, like we want, and, and that's not just in a church service, that's in our life. Like we want to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And here's just a couple things I'm learning about some immature ways of hearing the voice of God. Here's the first immature way of hearing the voice of God is a, a, a message a minute. Some people think, Jesus speaks a message a minute, you know, like, okay, wear the blue shirt today and, you know, and ketchup instead of mustard and right instead of left. And there are moments where God kind of intersects us with, with, the, with those little tiny decisions, but I, I believe some people can get off the, off the rails a little bit when, you know, it's just, they, they can't even move forward because they're just so paralyzed by this, you know, kind of message a minute. I, I honestly get leery of people that walk around saying God said all the time. I really do. I'm like, oh, oh, awesome. That's great for you, but I, you're, you're kind of freaking me. I don't like, I don't know uh, what's going on. And, and so, so I, I, I think a message a minute is not the a, a way. And here's another way that I think is kind of immature is the point and hope method. <laughs> And you know what that is? That's whenever you open your Bible and then you point and hope that God speaks to you. And I heard about one guy doing this and he was going through a hard season in his life and he opened his Bible and pointed and hope and it said, uh, uh, Judas hung himself. <laughs> and he's like, well, that can't be it. And then he did it again and pointed and hope and it said, go thou and do likewise. <laughs> So don't do that, everybody. Don't do that. 
I think the third immature way is que sera, sera. And this is where it's easy to be. And that just means what will be, will be. We kind of get in this mode of, you know, I'm just going to kind of do my thing. And then whatever happens is God, is God's will. And the reality is it's just not true. That, that there's, a, there's a part of the process that we have to play in the fulfillment of the will of God. How many people that we know and will love are not fulfilling the will of God for their life? And, and I believe we have a part to play. And when we pray... God starts giving us direction and God starts helping us make decisions in our life. And here's it's number two. Jesus received direction in prayer. Direction, not just big decisions, uh, but, but also just the daily direction for life in prayer. Uh, it says this, Jesus, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Luke constantly, as you read the Gospels this year, Luke constantly just talks about the prayer life of Jesus. He says, Jesus went out to a solitary place and these... They're, the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they, they tried to keep him from leaving them. So, so I, I just want you to see this, that Jesus had demands too. Jesus had the... the, the, the it, it wasn't email and it wasn't phone calls and it wasn't all those things in his day, but, but it was still people. It was still the, the demands that people put on him. That's why I love 21 days of prayer because we meet here in the morning and what I found is that many times if I pray in the morning, I, I kind of beat this, the, I kind of beat the busyness of, of life that's, that's going on and I can refocus. And there's a reason why Jesus had to go to solitary places many times in the night and in the morning. Why? Because he was, he was trying to make his decisions not based on what the people wanted him to do, but based on what the Father wanted him to do. If I could ask you a question, what are you making your decisions by? What the people around you want you to do? Are you making it by what the Father wants you to do? And, and, and that's only going to happen when we pray. He says, but I said, watch what Jesus says. But, but he said this, after praying, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns also. Because that's why I was sent. I want you to connect this. If he would have listened to the people, he would have just done what they wanted him to do. But Jesus said, no, I have a purpose that I was being sent for. And, and after spending some time with the Father, I, I, just, I just feel like I got to go to some other towns too because I got a purpose. And, and I love you people, but I, but I have a greater purpose than what you want me to do. And, and, and I want you to know as we spend time in prayer, God helps us. God helps us. This is not for just a certain group of people. This is for you. You say, well, I'm not like a prayer warrior. or I'm not kind of those you know, kind of weird people. I, you know, I'm not one of those people. This is for everybody. And I want to challenge us as this new year dawns, as a church, let's embrace this idea that we don't just talk about prayer. This is, this is who we are because we want to make our daily decisions not based on what we can do, but based on what he can do. My brain is so... So inadequate to be able to do in my own power and knowledge what God's called me to do. I don't lead this church based on, well, my own knowledge and wisdom. Because that is, it's so far, the challenge is so far beyond that. I have to lead this church on my knees. Because, because no man on his knees will ever fall from that position. That the tallest you'll ever be in life is on your knees. That the strongest you'll ever be on your life is in your life is whenever you're at that place of dependence on God and saying, God, okay, I, I kind of have some ideas and I'm going to give it my best. But Lord, unless you bless, unless you give me ideas, unless you give me strength, that's the only thing. And if Jesus did it, then how much more should we do it? Here's, here, here, here's an IQ test I saw this week. I don't know if you've ever uh, had to do this test before, but it, 
But what you're supposed to do to be able to solve it is you have four lines. You have to get all nine dots in four lines. So you have to, uh, you, have, you have to create the, you have to get all the dots in just four lines, in which I couldn't figure it out. But I know there's some smart people in the house that are able to figure it out. And here's the, here's the solution to the problem is the solution to the problem is this. You have to think outside the box to be able to solve the problem. And that's where, uh, that's why it's an IQ test, because it's really testing your ability to think outside of the box. And, and as I was thinking about that this week, I think thought all the different things in my life that God has just brought to me that I realized were really out of the box type thoughts and thinking, maybe from how I, was, how I grew up or my family or different things out of the box. And, and, and church, that only, I believe God gives us out of the box ideas when we pray. I believe God gives us out-of-the-box understanding about things when we pray and when we seek God, just as an example. Here's the third thing. Jesus was transfigured in prayer. I love this. Jesus was transfigured in prayer. Matthew 17, 1 says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And if this was what Jesus did consistently. He would get away, go to a mountain, and he would just be with the Father. He would just be with God. It says, and there he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. So so when Jesus got in the presence of God, whenever he got to this place of prayer and he took James and John and Peter with him, then he was transfigured before him, and his clothes, they became as white as the light. And I want to just tie this, that when when Jesus spent time with God, that there was a glow that was upon his life. And when we spend time with God, there's something different about us. There, when we spend time with God, there's something that, 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 that's apparent to the world around us. Or if I could say it like this, when you spend time in prayer, God pulls the best out of you. You want to give the world the best you? Spend time with God. Because when you spend time with God, he'll bring things out of you. And, and you'll have favor that you did not even, exp- you, that you, you, don't, you can't explain. You'll have favor on your life because you spent time in the presence of God. That, that we should be able to expect good things in 2018 because we're spending time in his presence. We're spending time with our Father. And God is opening up doors and closing doors. And he's making um, things happen that we can never figure out on our own. And he's, he, he's, there's a glow about us in our world when we get in prayer, just like it was with Jesus. Here's the fourth thing. Jesus received power in prayer. So good. It says this in Luke 5, 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Again, this is just the chapter after what we just got done reading. It says, one day Jesus was teaching the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. I want you to connect the power that was to healing and deliverance. I want you to connect that power to this, that he often withdrew to places and prayed. That, that a prayerless Christianity will rarely experience the power of God. But when we pray, when we pray, God can do things that we can never do. When we pray, there's healings that take place. When we pray, there's deliverance that takes place. Uh, my, my prayer is that, that, that this church would be marked by the supernatural power of God. 
That we're not going to make the impact that God's called us to just by having great music and slick lights and, and, and all the trappings of a, of a cool modern church experience and entertaining church experience. That may, get people, that may get people in the doors and that's wonderful. But the only thing that can change people, everybody, is the power of God. And we're going to do things with excellence and we're going to try to continue to put our best foot forward. But at the end of the day, let's let people say that they saw Jesus whenever they got here. Let people say that there was something different, that there was a power that I'd never felt before in my whole life. After first service today, a man came up to me that God's done a work in his life this year. He was baptized this past year and he came up crying. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, my whole life, every time I've went through things, I've always ran away from God. He said, but since coming to this church and giving my life to Jesus, he said, now I'm still going through things. But instead of going away from God, I'm running to God like I never have before in my whole life. And he says, I just want to say thanks to this church for what, that's the power of God that's touching and changing lives. That's what changed the early church. It wasn't the coolest things that they were trying to do. It was the power of God. People were sick and then they were healed. People were lost and they were found. People were blind and then they could see. And if I could just speak this right now, that our God is still a healer. I don't understand how exactly he does it and why sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I just want to say I still believe that he's a healer. The scripture says that, that we can come bold before the throne of grace so that we could obtain mercy. And, and I, say, I, I say this so many times just to myself when I pray for people. God, I come bold into your presence because you asked me to. Not because I, I have it all figured out and exactly what's going to happen. No, God, I, I come humbly to you. But, but at the same time, I come with boldness, believing that your word is what it says it is. And that you are who you say you are. And I believe you and I trust you and I come to you in prayer. And I just know that your power can do what I can never do. It's the power of God. You don't have to bring people to church to, to, for them to be healed. Maybe it's somebody at your work going through a situation. Maybe it's somebody in your family going through a situation. You can pray right then, right there. This past week, my grandmother and my family, a lot of them came in town. And we had Christmas here and it was such a blast. And we were watching old family films and reminiscing of, about our family. And right in the middle of it all, we got talking about the Lord. And I just noticed my grandmother, she stepped up off the couch. And she kind of started meandering over to me a little bit. And when she got over to the couch where I was sitting, she kind of sat on the arm of the couch. And she put her hand on my leg and started tapping it. And I knew what was coming next. <laughs> And I, I got telling her, we were talking about some struggles and, and, and things. And, and she just, and I was talking about the, you know, how sometimes I can get tormented in my mind and get fearful. And she just said, she said, I knew I was supposed to pray. She said, that fear is not of God. And she put her hand on my head and started praying for me in the name of Jesus. The whole family started gathering around. And I, I just, I, I so, I'm so thankful for that because Church, that's exactly what God wants us to do. The power of God is available to us. And after she prayed, one after one person in our family after another started telling about a season of their life where they were depressed or a problem in their life where they need healing. And they got talking about how my grandmother was sensitive to the Lord and would call them in the middle of the night or pray for them. Or That's what the power that you have. God wants to give your family those kind of stories because you're a person of belief and a person of prayer and trusting in God. And, and that's what I love. She just walked over and she was not, she was, she, I knew she was trying to work in. She felt to pray for me. She was just waiting for the, she's like, all right, I'm praying right now. That fear is not of God. And she was going to pray for me. I love that. Here's the, here's the next thing is that Jesus was healed in prayer. 
Have you never thought about this before? Jesus, again, fully God, fully man, deals with the same emotions that we deal with. And I want to show this to you. He was healed. And for John's disciples, which was Jesus' cousin, John's disciples came and took the body of John and buried it. So Jesus' cousin had just died. And so they went and told Jesus. His family member died. Jesus' cousin passed away. You think that hurt? Absolutely. We forget to read this in the scripture sometimes. That, that Jesus felt the same emotion that we felt. John 11 says Jesus wept. It doesn't say this here, but I'm sure the same thing. It's his, his friend, his cousin passed away. And it says, when Jesus has heard what had happened, he withdrew to a boat privately to a solitary place. He took it to prayer. When he needed healing, he took it to prayer. And then, and then after this in the story, the crowds came. And this is where he fed the 5,000 and miracles took place. And, and, but at the same time, the whole, whole season, he's still dealing with the loss of, of his family. And he says... It says in verse 22, immediately after this, so it's after the miracle, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back into the boat to cross the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home, he said he sent them home. He went up into the hills by himself again to pray. Jesus is constantly living this life of prayer. He's constantly just keeps on praying and keep on seeking after God. How? In the middle of his hurt, in the middle of his pain. Church, I'm so thankful for a God that in the middle of my pain, He'll receive me. If you're in pain today, don't face it alone. Go to the mountain of God in prayer. He says this, that meanwhile the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus prayed all night till 3 o'clock in the morning. When's the last time? That you gave the season. That's why as a church, let's give a season to God. Let, let's let prayer not just be something, oh, I better pray because you know, I'm eating a meal. I better pray because, well, he said to pray. No, no, no. We get a place of intimacy with God where 2018 is not defined by our resolution, but God's purpose in our lives. So Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And I, I, I've just never seen this. The, the timeline that, that after, right in the middle of the grief that he was facing, he takes it to the Father. And then after that, he does a miracle and then he goes back to the Father. And then after that, he goes walking on the water and he heals people again. In other words, the ministry that you're called to do, the work that you're called to do in your business, the, the calling that's in your family, moms to raise those kids and dads to raise those kids and to start those businesses and to do what God's called you to do in all of the ways in our life. I, I just want you to tie it to the purpose that he was doing was always subsequent, always happened after the prayer. So the prayer, he would get hurt, prayer, he would be, he would, he would, family and loss, prayer, everything would go back to prayer. Before walking on the water, prayer. After walking on the water, prayer. Jesus lived this life of constant prayer. And this, this isn't in your notes, but I want to give you this one too. This is so good. So I was studying late, late last night. Going over my notes is simply this. Jesus received fresh vision in prayer. I want to show this to you. It says, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was being baptized. <laughs> so good. And as he was praying, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. 
as Jesus prayed, the heavens opened and he heard the voice of God. And God affirmed him and God blessed him and he got new vision whenever he prayed. And if I could just encourage you for 2018, get a fresh vision from God. Don't just let this year be like last year. or Don't just get some resolutions, book all those wonderful things. Make plans for your health. Make plans for your family. Make plans for your finances. But just make sure you make room to get the vision from God. Because what a tragedy at the end of the day if we realize that we were successful at things that didn't even matter. My greatest fear in life is, is, is becoming this. I'm not, fear, I'm not afraid of failure anymore. Not as much as I used to be. I I'm still have moments of fear, but I'm not af- afraid of failure anymore. I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. And, and I feel like even as, if I could just, just be completely transparent, I feel like I'm getting to that same place with this church. In the first year of the church, I was just honestly just... Are we going to survive another week? Are we going to survive another week? Are we going to, okay, we're going to survive another week. Okay, another person, like we're going to survive another week. And, and now I feel like God's established this church. And City Hills is going to be here in this city. But the question I feel like God's been asking me is, what kind of church are we going to be? Because it's not just enough to have it. It's not just enough to, to, to be it. It's not just about the numbers. It's about who we are. It's about what we are. That's what changes the world. Not just success, but success at the purpose that God has called us to. So church, in 2018, let the fresh vision, let it come from the Father. And let it happen on our knees in prayer. And that's where the world is changed. In Jesus' name, amen. We stand to our feet all over the house. As you pray, the heavens will open over you. If you'll get in that secret place with the Father. If you'll allow God to speak to you. Take the example of our, of our Lord and Savior, of our Master. And say, if He was marked by prayer. I just, I just don't see a lot of the modern leadership, um, understanding... Of, the, of the, the, the grand planning and scheming. I just don't see that in the life of Jesus. I just don't see it. In the life of Jesus, I just see this utter dependence on God. I, I just see the purpose coming from God. I, I see the words coming from God. And, 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 and if you knew, I'm a planner. If you ask any of our team, I'll talk about we're adding a fourth service win and a fifth. We talk about four service. I'm thinking about five services, honest to God. I'm thinking, okay, what's next? And we're thinking about God, give us a bigger. I'm live. I'm there. I am a planner. I'm thinking. But church, the vision can only happen in the daily seeking after God. So in 2018, before we get on our go. Let's get on our knees and ask God to speak to... What, what, would, what, what would God's vision be for your marriage? That'd be a great conversation to have over lunch today. What's God's vision for our marriage in 2018? What's God's vision for our family? What's God's vision for my business? What's God's vision for my career? What's God's vision for my ministry? 
What's God's vision for the part that I play in this church? Like, like what's, what's the vision from God? And then let everything else in our lives go from that vision. Because that's what changes it all. Amen. Amen? Awesome. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you. You are our example. You've never asked us to do anything that you haven't already exampled for us. So, Lord, we give our lives to you. We give this year to you. Lord, all the good, the bad, the indifferent. Lord, when we say we're not going into 2018 in our own power, but, Lord, we humbly bow. And we say, God, we need your power. I want to say, as a pastor of this church, we can't do it without you, God. Lord, we can't go another Sunday without you, God. Without your presence, without your power. God, do miracles among us, Lord. Lord, do miracles in our families. Do miracles in our careers. Do miracles in our lives, Lord, as we seek after you. We don't want to insult you because we're not consulting you, God. We want to consult you in everything and ask for your guidance. Ask for you to speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name.